Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the NHL awards were announced, so I'm going to be going over some of the major winners as well as the vote getters as a couple St. Louis Blues players got a few sneaky votes here and there, so I'm going to be talking about that and what it means for the winners plus a couple of the Blues guys that got uh, got a couple votes. After that, I'm going to be talking about the Springfield Thunderbirds as their series in the Calder Cup final is evened up at one game apiece against the Chicago Wolves, and then finally going to be talking about the Stanley Cup final between the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning as the Lightning uh, got themselves a win, two games to one, heading into game four tonight. Springfield Thunderbirds played tonight as well, so I'm going to be previewing both those games and more busy episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and like I said, I got a busy episode for you today. Lost to cover from the world of NHL awards, uh, AHL Calder Cup Finals, and then the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, before I get into any of that, though, I wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen, because the show is free and available on all podcast platforms. If you haven't done so already... Hit that subscribe or follow button, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit that like button as well. Uh, that way, you know, more people will see the video, more people will see the content. And, you know, the more people that see it, the better the content will get because the more feedback I'll be getting. It's a simple, it's a win-win. You know, you, you're missing out if you're not checking us out on YouTube. You, you can see my beautiful face, my wonderful McLovin t-shirt, and my gorgeous blues jerseys behind me. Anyways, that being said, let's talk about the NHL Awards. Uh, a couple of them got announced officially, and we have the the votes. Uh, so I kind of wanted to go over that one by one, starting out with the Norris Trophy, because in my opinion, that was by far the most interesting race um, of them all. Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche took home the Norris Trophy, becoming, I think, only like the third or fourth defenseman to win a Norris Trophy in his first three seasons. And he did so in not so convincing fashion. He actually got less first place votes than the second place uh, finisher in Roman Yossi. Kale McCarr got 92 first place votes and Roman Yossi got 98. It just really came down to those second place votes as uh, Kale McCarr got 98 second place votes to Roman Yossi's 76. So, you know, a lot more people had Kale McCarr in their top two than Roman Yossi. Um, Yossi got more first place votes, but, uh, Kale McCarr got more top two votes. And because of that, he finished with 25 more points than Roman Yossi. To put that into perspective, the gap between first and second is 25 points, uh, 1606 to 1631. And then the gap between second and third place is almost 700 points, uh, 1606 versus 940. So, One of the closest, not just Norris Trophy races we've seen in a long time, but one of the closest award races we've seen in a long time. And that says a lot about the state of defensemen in the current NHL. I mean, obviously, you know, the Norris Trophy kind of for a while has been which defenseman puts up the most points. And yeah, that's a little bit frustrating. I think the defensive defenseman gets a little bit overlooked in this scenario. Um, you know, you got guys that probably deserve a little bit more respect that just aren't going to get that because they don't produce as much in the offensive end. 
Um, but that being said, you know, that doesn't mean it's not an exciting award. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're kind of seeing this new breed of defensemen, um, you know, kind of that was pioneered by Eric Carlson a few years ago of just the, not, not necessarily always smaller, but undersized, speedy, skilled defensemen that can almost play forward at times for you. Um, and you look at the top two in Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi, and those are two perfect examples. You know, Roman Yossi's a guy that really does it all. He's spectacular defensively as well as offensively. Um, and Kale McCarr can hold his own defensively as well. You know, that's not a knock on either of their defensive games, but it's more so just to highlight the fact that we have these incredible, incredible offensive defensemen um, in the NHL that are getting a lot of love this year. You know, Kale McCarr, uh, I'm not sure if he still is, I wouldn't be surprised. I know at one point uh, he was leading the Colorado Avalanche in scoring through their playoff run. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he still is. I don't have the statistics in front of me. Um, and then obviously Roman Yossi, you know, scored at a ridiculous rate this year. And then third place, Victor Hedman. You know, we all know Victor Hedman, what he's capable of. Um, great on both ends of the ice as well. But one area I did want to point out is Justin Falk finishes at tied for 15th, receiving one fifth place vote. Um, not sure which reporter... Uh, decided to go out there and give Justin Falk some love, but hey, Justin Falk, tied for 15th, tied with Alex Petrangelo, so clearly, Falk has replaced Petrangelo, no argument there, um, sarcasm, by the way, pure sarcasm, but no, it, it's, it's great to see Falk getting some love, um, I think he's been a controversial player for the Blues ever since his addition, you know, He's, he's definitely had his moments where he's looked like a really solid number one defenseman, but there's also been times where he's kind of been scrutinized. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people expected the Blues to just sort of have a number one defenseman appear when Petrangelo left, so expectations have been a un- little unrealistic on Falk and Pareko and Krug and those guys, so I think Falk had a really spectacular year. Tommy and I um, spent a lot of time talking about how he might have been the Blues' best defenseman and one of their most valuable players, and it's nice to see the award voters recognize that as well. Um... In this second upcoming segment, I'm going to be talking about the rest of the awards. There is one more Blues player that got himself uh, on a ballot, and it might come as a bit of a surprise. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Rock Auto. Now, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? When you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so on top of the Norris Trophy, there were a couple other awards announced as well. Uh, One of the other ones is the Calder Trophy. Not going to spend a ton of time talking about that. Um, More so just giving a shout-out to Mo Sider. Uh, Mo Sider was a third overall pick a couple years ago. There was a lot of controversy there, a lot of people calling him a bad pick, Um, disagreeing with the pick by the Detroit Red Wings. Um, Third overall, I think. I I might have that wrong, Um, but... Regardless, he ended up winning the caller this year pretty pretty handily. Uh, 171st place votes. Next highest vote getter was Trevor Segris with 15. You know, great to see there. Um, 
I have a soft spot for Detroit. You know, not only is Robbie Fabry there, and I want him to do the best. Uh, I just have a soft spot for for cities that are passionate about their hockey teams that have poor teams like Buffalo and Detroit and even Montreal lately. You know, if you if you got a good fan base, I kind of want your team to do well. So good to see Detroit there uh, getting some getting some representation. Uh, they also had Lucas Raymond finished in fourth. Uh, looking at the list, nothing else that really sticks out. No Blues players on that list, unfortunately. Uh, moving on, though, to the Hart Trophy. And that was won, again, pretty handedly by Austin Matthews. 119 first place votes compared to Connor McDavid's 29. And if you're noticing a theme here, I mean, obviously the call is going to be won by a young guy. But besides, you know, the Selkie that was announced a few weeks ago with Bergeron winning that, um, both the Hart Trophy and the Norris Trophy have gone to younger guys, Austin Matthews and Cal McCarr. Not only are they two of the faces of the league right now, they're both young. They both have a long career ahead of them. They're both kind of young phenoms. And the thing that makes me really excited about that is the NHL has always been horrible at marketing their players. You know, you you, you walk down the street, you find a random sports fan, you show them a picture of Connor McDavid, chances are they might not even know who that is, you know? Connor McDavid is one of the greatest hockey players of our generation, one of the greatest athletes to walk the earth in a long time, and they just the NHL just doesn't market their stars well. You know, half of that is just the way that these guys were, were raised in the media training, and you know, they just give boring answers, they don't show a lot of personality, but it's also like, you know, it's also hockey isn't as accessible, I feel like, and, and it's frustrating to see that because there's such an exciting... Um, such an exciting product out there right now especially with espn taking over and all that and all these young guys like i said winning the awards it really feels like a prime opportunity for the nhl to take these these this younger generation of players that can have you know more appeal to the mainstream more appeal to like you know people like me in their early 20s or or teenagers high schoolers college kids whatever you know a kind of a prime demographic of of social media users and, and people who are going to consume um sports content outside of just, you know, what's on the ice. I'll give it a great example. The reason why I enjoy following basketball so much is the the game, the ba- you know, the game itself, the NBA is only half of it. You know, there's so much media coverage and in conversation on social media that it's just so fun to follow the sport. And the hockey's getting there, and I would love to see, you know, this this new generation of younger talent kind of propel that even further, you know. I, I would love to see to tune into first take and, and see Stephen A. Smith screaming his head off over why Roman Yossi should have won the Norris Trophy over Kale McCarr or, or whatever you have. You know, there's there's such an opportunity to market the game now. And especially with that ESPN deal, I would love to see hockey reach a point where it's in the mainstream like that, where, you know, you got meme pages posting about it and, and, and you know, guys like Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr are household names, you know, like like the NBA players of young. There's so many, there's so much debate and, 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 you know, conversation about NBA, NFL, um, whatever. I would love to see the NHL reach a point where it's like that, where you can just kind of strike up a conversation with someone sitting across from you at the bar, even though if they, you know, they're not wearing a hockey jersey. You just assume that they know, you know, what's going on in hockey because that's what's popular. Um, and I think we're getting close to that. I think, you know, having guys like Kale McCarr, who's just ridiculously fun to watch, and Austin Matthews, who's got tons of style and is on magazine covers and is playing in the hotbed of, of hockey in Toronto, um, and then obviously Connor McDavid, who's doing ridiculous things. It's 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 such a prime opportunity for the NHL to take advantage of their young stars and really just establish themselves in the mainstream. Uh, and I think they're getting there. You know, I think we've seen a lot of improvement since ESPN took over. It's still not quite 
you know, at the level of the NBA or the NFL. Um, but it's getting there. And I think the NHL knows that, you know, having guys like Charles Barkley cover it uh, during intermissions, getting Wayne Gretzky to, you know, talk about the game, P.K. Subban, uh, or other current players, you know, Paul Bissonnette shaving his head all funny during the cup final, you know, getting getting memes on the internet. Like, they know what they're doing. They're, they're making an effort to to have things beyond the on-ice product appeal to the mainstream. And I think that's so huge for, for growing the game, you know, especially like during the offseason or, or during the playoffs when hockey isn't on as frequently, you're going to want your fan base to be consuming things other than, like I said, just the, the game that happens on the ice. And when you can reach that point, when you can have pictures of Paul Bissonette, you know, in the broadcast booth with a funny little haircut being shared around, that's good for the game. And it's good that the NHL is sort of easing off of that that old boys club, um, business as usual mentality, no fun allowed. And they're kind of letting loose a little bit. And I love to see that. Um, I think it's great. I think it's it's awesome whenever I see like, you know, uh, TNT t- tweet a funny video of Charles Barkley talking about hockey. That's great. You know, I'm so used to seeing those guys in the mainstream and also I'm talking about my niche sport it's funny calling hockey a niche sport but honestly it has been in the mainstream media um it's great to see you know it get that coverage and I think that this this sort of revolution of young guys winning awards is a perfect opportunity for that you know you got Kale McCarr setting records left and right um one of the youngest defensemen to win a Norris trophy one of the earliest in his career whatever whatever um same thing with Austin Matthews you know he's going to be winning trophies for decade at least so it's good to see that there. I'm really excited about that. Um, moving on, the, the final award I do want to talk about and the one that has a Blues player kind of getting a surprise nod is the Vesna Trophy. So the Vesna Trophy goes to the best goaltender and it went to far and away Igor Shosturkin. They only do first, second, and third place votes for this one, but Igor Shosturkin got 29 first place votes. The next highest vote getter got one. So it wasn't even close there. However, there was one player that got one third place vote, which led him being tied for seventh, and that is Vili Husso. That's right, Vili Husso was on the Vesna ballot. Not sure which reporter decided to use their third place vote on Vili Husso, but hey, am I gonna am I am I gonna sit here and try to convince you that Vili Husso should have won the Vesna trophy? No. Am I gonna sit here and say, hey, is it, it's pretty cool to see a, a blues player on that list and Vili Husso was the last player I expected to see? Yeah, absolutely. Um Obviously, his, his end-of-the-season performance and his playoff performance left a little something to be desired, but the fact that, you know, it wasn't just an in-house thing and it wasn't just a fluke and you got people around the league in the media recognizing Billy Huso in his play is pretty impressive, you know? What what that's going to mean for his, his price on the market is interesting. I'm not sure if that's going to, you know, increase his demand or decrease his demand, but it's pretty cool to see him on that list. Um, and another, you know, Blues journeyman, he's 27. This was his first full season in the NHL. Um, uh, as like a non-backup, it, it's good to see, you know, and I definitely was surprised to see his name there, um, but it's pretty cool, you know, um, having as many Blues players get awards as possible or award nominations as possible, it, it's great to see. So that being said, uh, in this upcoming third and final segment, I'm going to be talking about both the Springfield Thunderbirds and the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche series, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But before I get into that, uh, if you think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to continue uh, their resurgence and beat the Colorado Avalanche. Put them. Put your money where your mouth is at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source 
for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts, and I'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right, so first things first, the Blues AHL affiliate, the Springfield Thunderbirds, are in the Calder Cup final. If you don't know, if you've missed the last few episodes, they uh, had a pretty thrilling victory in Game 1. They won in overtime. They were trailing in that game, came back, scored with the goalie, pulled, descended to overtime, um, and Matt Kessel got his first goal uh, as a professional hockey player um, to give them the win. Unfortunately, Game 2 was... uh, not so pretty as they ended up going down 3 nothing in the first period and 5 nothing overall. Joel, Hof- Joel Hofer got the start. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm assuming he didn't make it the whole game considering they went down 5 nothing. But um, Charlie Lindgren had kind of taken over lately. Hofer got suspended recently. And I think ever since then he kind of has been a little bit off of his game. Um, I don't have a, I didn't see the clip, but apparently it was some sort of extracurricular after the whistle. Um instigator type thing so he got in a little bit of a fight and i guess he got suspended and ever since then he hadn't really found his game he was absolutely dominant uh up until this point for the springfield thunderbirds but charlie lindgren has kind of been the guy ever since that incident and uh that was further proven last night as or two nights ago uh as they went down five nothing early and ended up losing six to two uh to the chicago wolves which i I don't know if i pointed this out uh, earlier but pretty funny that the the blues former ahl affiliate is playing their current ahl affiliate um, in the Calder Cup Finals. But that being said, you know, it, goaltending was definitely an, an issue uh, for the Thunderbirds. They never really had a chance in that game. They ended up losing 6-2. to two. Um, But again, you know, going down 5 nothing, 4-0 in the first period, only so much you can do there. Um, and, you know, you, you got to hope that they can rebound. They play again tonight. I'm sure that they will. They made it to the Calder Cup Finals for a reason. They're not the type of team that gives up six goals often, so I don't suspect they'll do that again. I, I suspect they'll get better goaltending and more consistent offense, and it's going to be a heck of a series. That being said, speaking of a heck of a series, the Tampa Bay Lightning proved that they are not going to go down quietly, and they dominated in Game 3 to make the series two games to one. Uh, I believe 6-2 was the final score in that game. Um, it's it's going to be a test for Colorado. You know, I don't think anybody was expecting Colorado to sweep realistically. I think a lot of people were talking about that. Now, unfortunately, the St. Louis Blues are no longer the only team that has beat the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning joined that club. But it's going to be a heck of a series. And again, they played tonight, so should be a good game there. Um, Tampa proved, you know, why they belong, why they've won back-to-back cups. They've proved that they can rebound from a tough game. Um, and it was... Kind of just the goaltending of Colorado let them down. I think Tampa was definitely a better team, but anytime you give up that many goals, uh, it's just going to be difficult no matter how you're playing. And yeah, Colorado didn't get a ton of goals themselves, but still, I I think it wasn't too indicative of how the rest of the series has gone. We've seen a couple blowouts in that series and then one close game. So I think tonight um, is going to be more of the same uh, in terms of a close game. I think both teams have kind of shown their firepower and now they're going to settle in and, and play a more even, consistent game. Um, I expected this series to go six or seven. I said that from the beginning, and I still think that that's going to be the case. But Colorado has proven that they're capable of beating a team like Tampa. But then obviously, on the other hand, Tampa has proven that they're a team that has won back-to-back Stanley Cups and that they belong um, in a third consecutive Stanley Cup, and they very well might win it. They went down 2-0 in their Eastern Conference Final Series against the New York Rangers. They're down two, or they were down 2-0 in this series against the Colorado Avalanche. You know, obviously, there's no reason to believe that they are down and out, especially after winning game three 
Um, game four tonight is going to be very, very exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing, um, can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to seeing Nazem Kadri return to the lineup. Um, you know, grudges aside, pass play aside, he was a guy that was producing really well for Colorado and uh, him in their offense just takes it to another level. You know, you do as much as you can to stop their top end talent. And then you got a guy like Nazem Kadri hopping on the ice when you just really feel like you can't even, you can't handle that extra offense and I think that the Blues definitely struggled with that as well, and Nazem Kadri basically single-handedly won a game for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and he went he went out on a what I thought was a pretty dirty play. Um, so I'm glad to see him come back, and I'm glad to see Colorado at full strength because this is a series with a ton of potential to be an all-time classic. You have two of the best teams um, of our generation, not of our generation, but two of the best teams of the current NHL uh, facing off in the Stanley Cup final right now. And it would have been a shame if it was a sweep or a five-game series. I think the only thing that's right for a series like this is for it to go six or seven. And a guy like Nazem Kadri returning to the lineup makes that all that more likely um, that Colorado will be able to hang with Tampa throughout the entirety of the series. But that being said, you know, if Colorado wins tonight, goes up 3-1, who knows what could happen. So that being said, that's also the time I have for you guys today on the Lockdown Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well and the like button that way you know more people will see it leave a comment i'll try to interact with lots of the comments um as i've been doing in the past uh follow all of lockdown blues social accounts uh, on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at lockdown blues you can follow me on twitter at josh Hyman nhl that being said though thanks so much for listening and as always let's go blues